story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Dorsey Ross. Dorsey is a man who was born with Apert syndrome, and that is a fusion of different bone structures and things like that in your body. And he's endured 68 surgeries to deal with that. But he has found a lot of hope in God and purpose. And he's just here to talk about that and his journey with God. Dorsey, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. So God says that he knows us even before he formed us in our mother's womb, right? You know, mm -hmm. and yet I would imagine that you would have had some struggles with that through life and, and you had a, a bunch of reconstructive surgeries, you know, according to what I've read. How did you come to that place of peace with God? How did your journey of faith begin? Well, I grew up in the church. Okay. Thankfully, my parents, when I was born, they knew and they trusted in God. And, you know, they, you know, the doctors initially had told my parents that I would eventually become brain dead. Oh. Because of my disability and I had no skull opening and no core spot, which allows the brain to grow and allows the brain to function normally. You know, all babies are born, you know, with that core spot. I was not. And the doctor said to my parents, you know, look, he's not going to survive. He'll eventually become brain dead. And we think that the best option for you would be to put him into a institution and to let him be. And thankfully, my parents said, you know, you know, we can't do that. You know, we believe in God and we have faith in God that, you know, that God will work this out and we'll just take him home and see what will happen. And my parents were older in age when they had me. My mom was 41, my dad was 45. And basically I was the supply of the family because, you know, in the beginning, my mom started to gain weight and she was concerned, you know, because of her age and everything. She initially thought it was some type of tumor growing inside her, her belly and her stomach. And she went to the doctor and the doctor said to her, well, thankfully you don't have a tumor growing inside of you, but you do have a baby growing, <laughs> growing inside of you. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Surprise, surprise. And this was back in 1977. So they didn't have the testing and the technology like they do now for genetic testing and abnormality testing, you know, like they can scan the baby and baby's normal and baby housing or the babies didn't have X, Y, and Z. So when I was born, the doctors rushed me off to examine me that they were not expecting me to have this disability, this birth defect. So like I said, they told my parents, hey, he's not going to survive. And one of the nurses in the hospital had told my parents about the doctors at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York City, where I was born, that the doctors there were doing operations on babies like myself. And they said, why don't you take him there and see what the doctors can tell you. And my parents took me there and the doctor said, well, we can operate on your son 
we can, you know, make a small hole to relieve the pressure on his brain, but he'll have obstacles and he'll have difficulties that he'll have to overcome in his life. And I had my first of 68 operations over my lifetime at six weeks of age to open the skull and to allow my brain to grow and allow it to function normally. And growing up, you know, was very difficult. Thankfully, my parents treated me as someone without a birth defect and without any type of disability. They allowed me to basically figure out for myself what I could and could not do. And I like to say, can't is not in my vocabulary. And I like to use, you know, the Bible verse, Building for the team, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm -hmm. And I gave my life to Christ at the age of 13. And as I got older, I started to read the Bible, obviously, and learn about who God is and how God created me. And like you said, Psalm 139 talks about how he created us within our mother's room and how he formed us and created us and everything. And I realize I don't know all the answers. I don't believe that God says, this person's going to be born this way, or that this person's going to be born with this illness and whatnot. I believe we live in a fallen world. Things happen. But I do believe, regardless, God had a plan and purpose for my life. I started to attend the youth group in my home church, and throughout my life, I was bullied, made fun of, called names like monster and freak. There were times in my life when I thought about possibly, never attempted it, but I thought about, you know, possibly ending my life. You know, the devil would come in and say, you're nothing, you're not going to amount to anything, you know. God doesn't have that plan and purpose for your life. But then God would remind me, and I would read the Bible, and he would remind me that, yes, I do have a plan and purpose for your life. And school, for me, wasn't easy. You know, I would have problems with certain subjects and learning and, you know, math and doing certain tests. So as I got older, I started to think about what are we going to do after we graduate high school? Will we go on to college and will we go on to trade schools and different things of that nature? And now it's probably not so bad, but when I was younger, I used to have a very bad speech impediment. And one of the youth leaders in the youth group, which you know, all the kids in that youth group, teenagers in that youth group, they loved on me. You know, they supported me, they encouraged me. You know, that was one of the safe places for me to go to where I knew walking in there that they weren't going to make fun of me. They weren't going to pick on me. They weren't going to call me names. And as I go along, I started to become a youth leader in the youth group and started to encourage them and speak into their life and encourage them. And one of the youth leaders, you know, who's older than I was at the time, and still is, obviously, but, yeah. um, but one of the youth leaders, you know, had at one point get to I hear you traveling around to the country sharing your story. And we get those encouragement sometimes, you know, from people. And sometimes we just brush it off. We say, thank you very much. You know, you appreciate that. Mm -hmm. At that time, you know, probably in my early 20s, in my head, I was just thinking, oh, that's nice of you to say. I appreciate it. And it wasn't something that I had even thought of because I was wanting to go on and possibly go into ministry to become a youth pastor. And even the first couple of weeks, 
in community college when I started were difficult for me. And I had even had a discussion with my mom about that it was difficult for me. I was struggling, wasn't doing well in classes, was getting sick at night from anxiety. And she had told me, why don't you take it a few more weeks? And if you still feel this way, we can look at something else for you possibly do. And as we know, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And again, God worked it out because I found out they had a Chi Alpha Christian Club on that campus, which is a weekly Bible study on secular campuses that they have. And from the first time I went to that meeting till four years later, it wasn't that I didn't struggle, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, fail certain classes, but my physical symptoms of being sick and being, you know, not feeling well at night, wondering what was going to happen. Those were minimalized at that time because I believe that me walking in there and God was saying to you, here the people that will help support and encourage you while you are here on this campus. And I even met several people who I'm still in contact with and still friends with. And even after going through four years of community college, I still felt like God had still calling me into the ministry. Mm-hmm. And I started attending what is now uh, the University of Valley Forge here in Pennsylvania and in 2002 my mom you know was still alive at the time and I got a call I knew she was sick because back in August of that year she had suffered a stroke mm. and at the same time I had falling on the campus and broke my arm mm. and I had broken my arm so badly by my elbow that the doctors had to go in and operate and basically put a pin in my arm to relocate it or whatever they medically call it <laughs> and my parents had come down and, you know, here recently before that, I had suffered the stroke and everything, so I saw the effects of that at that time. And then a couple of months later, back in December of that same year, 2002, I got a call that my mom had passed away. Mm-hmm. But people have always told me that I have perseverance. And I think we all need to an extent to have perseverance and not give up and not quit, especially when it's tough, especially when it's difficult times in our lives when we're dealing with trials and we're dealing with tribulations. We need to be persevering. We need to keep going with, you know, with God's help and with God's strength in our lives. And I knew that my mom wouldn't have wanted me to quit and I knew that my mom wouldn't have wanted me to give up school and give up doing what it was that God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And three years later, on May 5th, 2005, 28 years after I was born, doctors telling my parents, hey, he's not going to survive. He's not going to make it, you know, approximately nine years after I graduated high school, you know, not doing well in high school, being told by my high school history teacher that I wasn't going to even make it in college, never mind graduate. I was able to not only get an associate degree from a community college, go on and graduate and get a bachelor's degree in youth ministry from the University of Valley Fork. Yeah, you know, that's such an incredible testimony of not only walking in your purpose with God, but also just of God's embracing your life and putting you in the hands of the right parents and having the right friends at youth group and having the right circumstances and the right mentors and the right college and the right program. Like, it amazes me how if we're open to it, God just can show himself in a way that blows our mind. Yeah. 
So I, I know that you've, you've walked that journey and there, I know there are a lot of people that one, maybe don't even believe it because they don't know God. They haven't experienced that in their lives, or there's Christians that haven't experienced that in their lives themselves. So how did you learn to embrace God's direction in your life? Like, I know that there's lots of thoughts about hearing the voice of God and we have to learn to hear that. And so was it through your devotions that God kind of revealed himself to you in a greater way and kind of gave you that direction or did it was like an unending burning passion in your heart type of thing that you just couldn't shake like how did that become clearer to you each of the steps along the path yeah you know I think through my devotions and my bad time even faith and trusting in him taking it you know one step at a time or one day at a time and just going each day and just trusting in him that he was going to lead me and he was going to guide me in, in the right steps and if I wasn't going in you know the right direction because of my own self and that he would lead and he would guide me to what it was that he had for me especially with the youth ministry you know doors kept closing that's what I wanted to do in my own life and that's what I believed that God wanted me to do but as I started going on these interviews doors kept closing and I would get frustrated and get mm. wondering about you know God why are these doors closing I I thought this is what you wanted me to do for you in my own life from the calling you had for me. And eventually people would tell me, oh, you could go and do this, oh, you could go and do that. And I'd be like, no, that's not what I want to do. And that's not what I feel God wants me to do. And, you know, eventually the church that I was attending after I graduated Bible college, they had a outreach event in the summer of 2006 called and they were giving people opportunities to share their stories. And I was really, you know, licensed as a minister. And I went up to the pastor who I knew very well. And I said to him, hey, if you're willing, I'll be one of those people to share my story. And I did. And again, doing devotional and that time, you know, it wasn't an audible voice, but through the Holy Spirit, God said to me, this is what I have for you. I want you to go out and share your story of what I have done in your life. And through a lot of cold calling and a lot of knocking, God started opening up opportunities and, and doors for me to walk through and to share my story for the last 15 years. Yeah, I think it's important that we understand that we can finally come to the place where we know in our hearts that God wants us to do something, but that just doesn't automatically mean that everything's just going to open wide open. Oh, absolutely and, not. Know, no, no, because he's got to still deal with us. He's got to shape us and mold us and strip us of everything that kind of might get in the way of doing that. So did you find that along your, your journey as well when the door before the doors finally started to open that God was just kind of pressing you more and more into that mold? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say, you know, and, and to this day, he's working on me, you know. I think he's working on all of us, you know, every day. He, you know, yeah. he's trying to work on us and, you know, make us into the image that he wants us to be for him. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. This world gets darker every day. And it only takes a small light to illuminate the darkness, right? And to show people the light of God. And, and I honestly believe that God is, is just drawing people to him, like in a much deeper, deeper 
walk and and we have to be willing to give it all up like we talk about in, in our group meeting and and um, my wife and I we talk about stepping into the flow of the river of God and you have to really be willing to let him take you wherever he wants to take you and sometimes I'm a type A kind of guy and I like to plan stuff and I like to have things in order and everything's on schedule you know what I mean and it's hard to step into this river and say okay God today's your day you know you do what you want and I'm going to kind of come along for the ride right so since you've branched out into this area what's been the biggest impact that you've seen sharing your story with people just them being encouraged by what God has done in my life and even people who I don't even know you know I, I spoke to someone earlier who interviewed me as well and they were like oh yeah yeah my grandmother sees your stuff on, online and on, on social media and you know just random people sometimes just texting me and, and being like hey you know you're very encouraging you know thank you for what you do and that's and it's, it's only kind of time when I need it. Yeah. It's only kind of time when I'm I'm struggling. I'm like, God, you know, what's going on here? You know, I doors are not opening up the way I want them to. Or, it, you know, it seems like the ministry is drying up. You know, what what's happening? And, and then you get this email or text message or whatever, and people are still fired and encouraged by what God is doing in my life. Yeah, I, I think that's important for all of us to realize that God has that plan and purpose for our life. And as you said, you know, when he leads us, we have to give over our schedule to him. We have to realize that he has us in this place or that place at a specific time and moment for that season, for that purpose. And, and that's hard to do. As you know, being in a ministry, you want things to just flow one after another after another, but it's not always going to be that way, is it? No, nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So how do you see the support that you received? Like what's been the biggest feedback that you've gotten so far on your journey with this ministry from people about the kind of support they need? Like, Because I know there's going to be a wide range of different ages and, and people listening to this show. So what have you seen like trend-wise in terms of the needs of people that you could speak to right now? I guess I would just say to them or to the needs of the people that, like you mentioned earlier, the world is getting darker. Just, you know, I guess I, I would just say, you know, don't give up. You know, don't give up. Keep getting up every day and keep being encouraged that God has given you another day to, to live because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We may not even be here tomorrow. We just don't know what's going to happen, what's going to take place. That's right. And, you know, I've said it lots that every day that I wake up, I guess God's not finished with me yet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so he's got so much in store for us. And I, and I really do want to encourage our listeners that Dorsey has an incredible story. And I would encourage you to check out his website. So as we get close to the end of our chat here, Dorsey, what would be the one thing that you would say about God to somebody? Let's say you cross paths with someone, you get a very short chance or opportunity to speak with them. What's the one thing that you would tell them about God? That he is faithful and that regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what, what you're facing in life, as long as you believe in him, as long as you have a relationship with him, he will work everything out for your good. 
Amen to that. And so how would somebody come into that relationship with Jesus? How would they do that? Well, you know, the Bible specifically says, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God's son, and you will be saved. And that you need to continue to, on a daily basis, read his word and, and just pray to him and, you know, find the local church that you want to be in and make sure it's a Bible-believing church and have connections in that church and find if there's a small group, find a small group or a, a Bible study in that church to connect with. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. So if people want to find more about your story and your ministry, where can they go? It's um Okay. And are you on uh, Facebook as well? Or I am. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all of them. Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and pray the Lord blesses your ministry and helps it grow. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you very much. Oh, and this 
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.